Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hi, it's Pastor Brad, and I want to welcome you to a brand new season of Brilliantly Brave Parenting. It is season four time, Robert. That it is, Brad. It is season four time. It is. Robert, you're looking quite dapper today in the studio. Am I? Yes, you What are. is dapper? Dapper is groomed. Uh, I can tell that you've you've had a good haircut and a shave and you, yeah. you bathed. It's yeah. great. Thank it's dapper. You. Yeah. Thank you. I, it's good to see you in men's clothes again, Brad. I know. It's it's Keep praying. I'm working through it. Uh, you know, I just got done wow. with a youth retreat, right? I know. How did that go? You know, I'm still... Uh, I can still form sentences. And um, how many kids did you have with you? We had 20 total, and I, I think we had like 15 teenagers. Wow. In a small space. And you captured it all, right? This is going to be for a study? It is. It's called uh, Storms of Life. It's a new study that we're doing for uh, junior high and high school. That's awesome. Yeah. So I came back from that, and I feel actually kind of invigorated to uh, engage this culture. After seeing what God can do in a in a really short amount of time with just some some prayer and intention, mm-hmm. uh, it just sort of renewed my vigor, if you will, for ministry. So I might be a little hyper today, and I just apologize ahead of time. This is hyper for you. Brian? Well, I'm close, close to the edge. Wow! Can you see it flowing just a little? <laughs> Not really. Not really. You're you're more of the antidote. I think, yes, for okay. um, hyper. But well, what happened is that I've been missing you because you've been oh, out on your book tour, yeah. and you've got this new thing, and I haven't seen you nearly as much. So it's true. It I feel just a little tiny bit like weakened hmm. because <laughs> it is awkward, isn't it? Like when you haven't seen someone you're dating for a long time, you go back into the room, you're like, oh wow, yeah, you're here, and um. Hi. We used to. What work. do we do? <laughs> it's great to be here, though. I'm I'm honored to be on this podcast, and I'm super excited about our guest because we've known her for a long time. I agree. You know, one of those people that really has expertise. There are people who have sort of life experience, and I would put myself in that category. Like mm-hmm. I've raised kids, I've been through pastoral ministry, and I've been around cr- Christian media for a long time. But then there's people who are actually qualified. Like, That's right. Like people who are actual professionals that can actually speak to some of the root causes of things. And so our guest today is one of those people who's not only an amazing ministry heart, but she's also qualified to talk about what's actually going on in her kids' lives. That's exactly right. And um, we are talking about Paige uh, Kling and Peel, or is it Paige Peel? Which, how should we address you? Paige Kling and Peel, yes. Okay. I I know that your Facebook had changed, so um, I didn't know like if that was like across the board. But anyway, nevertheless, it's great to have you here. Paige is a licensed counselor, therapist. She's been a friend of iShine for a very long time. She was a host for one of our seasons and interviewing um, some of our kids and um, stories. And just, I'm a huge fan of what she's doing. Paige and I are actually working on a book together. Um, So I couldn't be more honored to um, welcome you here, Paige. It's so great to have you here. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about identity. And um, 
I think, right? Well, at the, season four, I just felt like God was saying we really needed to focus on identity, not only for the parents, but for our kids and sort of what are the some of the issues that come up in, in parenting today. Because a lot of times we're looking to other people to tell us who we are and um, – and not, not just people, but magazines and the media and that kind of thing. And so getting a real good sense of what our identity is, is sometimes hard to come by. I'm sure that you probably see that in your practice, Paige. Oh, all the time. I mean, I work with uh, middle school students and high school students and then their parents as well. And so you have these kids that are going through that season of identity development and having the world constantly telling them through social media, through entertainment, through even their peers, mm. who they should be to be accepted, I think is it's it's transformative for these kiddos. So if we as parents aren't helping them navigate that, yeah, that's a pretty rough road for, for all involved. So let's start there. Where What advice can you give parents on what are some of the fundamental things that we should be doing to equipping our kids to finding their true identity? You know, one of the key elements, I believe, and we don't do this enough because we live in such a busy culture, is just spending time together. Hmm. I think that is something that we are designed for. God designed us to have that community and to have that quality time. And the more that we invest time with our kids, the more that they feel like they are valuable and they mm-hmm. are worth that love. And then they expect it out of other relationships as they grow up. So that is the number one thing I say. Uh, parents, just spend time, quality time with your kiddos, talking to them about it. And then in addition, uh, monitor what they're they're watching, what they're listening to, because that is so uh, impactful on mm. our kids. Again, like I said before, it's they're seeking out who they are. And so this world is more than willing to tell them who the world thinks they should be. Whereas parents, it's our job, it's our blessing even to come alongside them and help them figure out who they truly are in God's design. Yeah. Let's dive a little deeper into something that you said there about modeling and just spending time. Because I think a lot of times we as parents are looking for the right things to say. And like, kids, this is who you are. This is what you should be doing. Behavior modification or even enhancement. Um, But I think you touched on something there where it's just, you can't substitute um, time for just things that you say. You have to be in their lives. And so if you're in their lives, you know, on a constant basis, you're modeling what identity looks like, what like boundaries look like, all those kinds of things. Um, so a lot of times I think that we look at ourselves as parents as just, well, we've got to have the right things to say, um, where maybe, and I'm kind of leading this question a little bit, but maybe it's more about taking care of ourself and understanding our identity first and our boundaries and then modeling what that looks like. So as you said earlier, they do that to other people. They, they expect that from other people. What would you, what would you say to that? Well, modeling goes both ways. I think uh, it, it's funny because I'm a counselor, right? I'm a therapist. I work with kids all the time. And so most parents think, well, you must know exactly what to say, when to say it. And it's, it's funny because I have my own conversations with my kids. I'm a, I'm a parent of four, mm-hmm. um, elementary age, going on to middle school now. And, and I feel like I even stutter sometimes in the way that I talk to my own kids. Mm-hmm. I have these conversations every day. You think I'd be completely equipped and comfortable in them. But there is something about having those conversations with your own kids. So absolutely, you don't have to have those right answers. It literally is about listening to what your kids have to say. And it's listening about the little things. Because if you can't listen to the little things... How are they going to be able to come to you about the big stuff, hmm. the stuff that's going on in the bus, the stuff that's going on in the locker rooms and the stuff that's going on on Twitter and Snapchat? So listening is the key to starting that communication 
Um, and then modeling that in your own marriage and friendships, uh, not interrupting, not degrading, using kind words, really pouring into those relationships so that they can see this is what respect and love truly looks like so that that can trickle down to their experiences with their friendships as well. Hmm. That's that's really actually uh, very encouraging. I, as I'm listening to the discussion, I coming out of the the weekend with 20 kids uh, for four days in a close proximity, I saw a lot of wrestling with identity. But I also saw kids sort of giving me feedback that their parents just don't seem to have the bandwidth right now in mm. their life. Um, either it's because of stresses at in the marriage itself or in the home in work in whatever it can be financial stress it could be health issues but it, it in one way or another it appeared one of the threads from the weekend is that parents just didn't have the available space to deal with their kids and so the weekend became this sort of vent valve it was like an uh, just a a pressure valve that went off and so there were several kids who really had emotional experience with us and, and it makes me go back and then ask the question, how do we help parents sort of heal or mm -hmm. become balanced again so they have something to give to their kids? Have you run into that, Paige? Mm -hmm, absolutely. And, and it's something that I struggle with my, myself in my own life is just the practice of self-care. Again, I think that's, it's, it's almost counterintuitive. You know, as parents, we are constantly pouring out to our kids and then we, we give what we can to our marriage and then we give what we can to our jobs and then we totally neglect ourselves. But what we need to recognize is that unless we are taking care of ourselves, we will have nothing left to give. I mean, just even sleeping, quality sleep, how that transforms the way that we interact with yeah. our kids the next morning, our coworkers, our husband, our tolerance grows exponentially when we just have quality night's sleep. Yeah. I know, Robert, you and I are are uh, at the tail end of raising our kids in the sense that they're in high school or college or, mm -hmm. or moved out. I think there are a couple of bottlenecks in the home, uh, especially in the late junior high years, um, where parents' careers or jobs are typically just sort of at the highest pressure they're ever going to be. Mm -hmm. The kids are under pressure at school. And then if you're in the church, like if you have a involvement in the church and you're just feeling like, hey, uh, all of a sudden, I've been volunteered for everything, right? I'm not... <laughs> Your bandwidth is yeah, out. I, I don't have bandwidth at home, I don't have bandwidth at work, and I don't have bandwidth you know, at church. And so I'm suddenly now tapped. Um, do you ever recommend like a parent or a family doing something to just sort of pull back from all those things for a little bit and recover, Paige? I mean, how do, how do you encourage your, your clients or patients to respond? Well, you know, I actually feel like it's it's educational. I go through this holistic education where we talk about the different facets of self-care. You know, sleep, I mentioned that, for instance. We are surrounded by technology, whether it's our phone, iPads, TVs, even just the artificial light of our, our rooms, um, how that actually convinces our brain that it's still sunlight out. And so even though we're ready to go to bed at 10, 1030, our brains are still wired hmm. because of what we just read on Facebook, what we've been watching on TV. Hmm. Um, therefore, decreasing the ability for that natural hormone melatonin to be released in a, in a quality way. So, you know, I start with sleep. Another thing, diet. 
think about, I'm, I call it crazy spring season. Um, when you were doing the spring season and you have all those sports, whether it's for us, it would have been gymnastics, baseball, we had flag football. I am eating junk all the time. <laughs> and I'm a huge advocate of Coca-Cola. Like that is just my thing. I go to it all the time. But unfortunately, it leads with blood sugar imbalances and it actually makes you more irritable. What the education piece in this, though, is that you make your feel-good chemicals in your gut. So if you are not eating quality food, if you are not absorbing that quality food, you are unable, your body is unable to make those feel-good chemicals. And so when your kids have the tantrums because they're up until 8, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night because they just got done with baseball, you have zero tolerance hmm. to deal with that, not only because you're tired, but also because your blood sugar and your metabolism and all that stuff isn't in where it should be. And then we go through other things too, the importance of taking a Sabbath. Um, that's a practice we don't think about. We are commanded to take a Sabbath, but if we look at the modeling of Jesus, he took time out. That yeah. dude rocked yeah. the Sabbath. He was able to say, I need space. Mm -hmm. I need time with just me and my, my close friends to refresh and rebuild. So those are a few of the examples that I go through. So the question is, have you given up Coke? I have not. Okay, so <laughs> let, let's be honest. I'll step forward and raise my hand. So there was a month I went without Coke, and I, oh. Did I you get headaches? To it. I did. I slightly. Yeah. It was that first couple get days that it was kind of brutal. Um, it was one of those things where mama <laughs> just needed a mama timeout more frequently than normal. Yeah, I hear you. No, I mean, but you bring up a really good point. Sometimes we look for these lofty ideas of how to take a break and self-care, but it really does start with some fundamental things of how you're taking care of yourself, your rest, your diet. And then I think I love what you talked about taking the Sabbath and unplugging. Um, I think it's interesting the model that Jesus had is when he needed a break, he didn't like from his ministry, he didn't like say, hey, disciples, let's let's go to the the Ritz and, and whatever, you know, let's, let's live it up a little. No, he went alone out into the wilderness or he went somewhere to meet with his father. And he went to mountains. He went, <laughs> he went to mountains. Um, Brad just will not let go of the mountain thing. It's um, in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's, I mean, there's something important about that. It's, it's really literally getting away from the routine, getting away from what you're doing is like a really important part of taking a Sabbath, of taking a break. I know for me, when I unplug, I don't, I'm not a driver. I know, Brad, you love road trips. I don't. I'm not a huge. But something happens when I drive. Even driving down here this morning, it's a 40-minute drive from where I live. I loved the time. I mean, mm -hmm. it was because it was time not doing what I usually do and my normal routine. And I didn't. I listened to a little bit of an audio book, but then I just turned off the radio and just sat. And it's incredible when you can pull yourself out of an environment and just let your head kind of expand and receive what a difference kind of, what a difference that makes when you start walking into the next, whatever you've got to do. Right. Yeah. I, I'm going to jump in uh, because this is a, you know, I'm passionate about this idea of, of creating space for God. This idea that, in our overscheduled, overburdened lives, when you pancake the weight of your job, your parenting duties, your Christian ministry responsibilities, all of those things start to pile up. And really, the thing that gets squeezed out is God. I mm -hmm. mean, we 
we go through the motions, and I'm speaking as a pastor now, not for anyone else, just for me, but when I get really committed, I'm serving God, but I'm not spending time with God. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's a disconnect that will form, and eventually the well runs dry. So when I have an issue with a child or it's a flock member, let's say it's someone in the parish that I'm pastor, I don't have that reservoir anymore of patience or love or kind mm-hmm. of like the fruit of the spirit is dry. You know, it's, there's no fresh fruit. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I have learned to recognize there are times when I need not only to take some self-care, but actually extended self-care, not a sabbatical, but a break. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this, I do this a couple times a year. I'll go for three or four days. And I will go to the mountains because that's what Jesus did. And um, I'll just go hike. You know, I'll just be alone with my thoughts and with the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit and in prayer. I think for parents, they just need permission, maybe from someone like Paige, that it's okay to do that. I think that's a huge thing, Paige. So give us all permission. Yeah, give us permission. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that actually brings up another point. I think it's invaluable to seek out either mentorship or counseling opportunities. I know that I have... I have a lady that I, that walks alongside me whose kids are older, who have been through these journeys and who has given me the permission, who has also told me it's not always going to be this hard or it's not always going to be this way. And and literally, it's like I could take a deep breath and say, okay, I'm not screwing up my kids. You know, I'm not screwing mm. up my marriage. I'm going to make it and this is going to be okay. And how invaluable that is. We mm. need to start asking for help and assistance and and how that's a God thing. We are designed to be in that community to encourage one another and seek that out. Paige, you you are um, sort of hitting on a thread that I think many parents need probably just more than than a little encouragement. They probably need some practical help. Where would you send someone who was wanting to investigate that, how to do that? Is there a website or a book that you recommend? In terms of the mentorship or the counseling? Yeah, just the whole idea of self-care. Where would someone begin? If somebody says, you know what, I, this is resonating with me. I'm listening to this podcast. I am overburdened. I where do am, I start? Yeah, where, how do I unravel my knot? What, what's the first step? Hmm. Well, you know, there's tons of websites out there. I love imom.com. I know I'm a contributor to that as well, but I know that's a good place to, to seek wisdom from other mamas that have been through that. Hmm. I also say go to your church. Your church is there to provide those resources, to talk to those pastors, um, because they potentially have someone that's in the local community that could be that good fit. And if it's not there, then maybe that's God saying, we need to start something up and you can be that catalyst that gets that conversation started. So there's tons of resources out there. Sometimes it's just asking that question and going to the local church. It's going online. It's looking for those places I think that have that wisdom. To piggyback on what you're saying, I think sometimes we don't know where to start, and so we give up. And uh, for me, what happened to me, especially when I was in my, my most difficult time of being a single parent, is it would, it's more of a surrender to God and say, God, I don't know where to start, but I'm going to start looking. Please make me aware of things that I need to be aware of. Yeah. And it's incredible when you change your perspective, you all, all of a sudden see opportunities that you may not have seen before because you've got fresh eyes. You're looking for things that that actually are part of a solution instead of just looking at them for at face value. And so I would I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I would add to that to make your prayer life intentional about that. Please bring these things to my attention, Father, because I I need to know where to start. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm, as I'm listening, I'm also thinking about the the mom who might be out there who's trolling through social media, um, seeing pictures of other people's lives that don't seem anything like hers, um, where their people seem to have everything together and these families seem to be happy and they're not overextended and. You know, of course, it's fantasy. Yeah. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. these are curated pictures. They're not, they're not what they look like. Yeah, we're all of guilty bed. of this. We, yeah. we know which pictures we we yeah. select. The, we're very the careful, right? Yeah, right. one in twenty, if you're lucky. So the, here's a mom who's who's sort of scrolling through her Facebook tr- uh, threads, and you know, f- for our, our research, we find that three to one moms uh, with tweens or teens typically go to Facebook first. They go to Facebook, they're seeing all this other stuff, all this fulfillment that appears to be in other moms' lives, and they're not feeling that. What's your advice to someone who's sort of restless like that? Mm. Well, I know that I personally have experienced that as well, and I think it comes down to avoiding some of those places, avoiding the social media. Gosh, I know it's hard because I love to keep up with with my friends, but uh, it is, it, there's something about seeing these, and I call it the highlight reel. I talk to teens about this stuff all the time. This is their highlight reel. This isn't reality. Mm-hmm. And how distorted our thinking is, feeling like that is reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say avoiding is one of the biggest things that you can do. And then on top of that, I really think there's something so valuable about healthy relationships. And the way that I kind of define those is you got to find people that are truth seekers and truth speakers. When you have those quality people in your life, it really is transformative to you. It brings peace and comfort. And and those people you can go to and say, I'm having a really rough day. And they're able to speak that truth into you and say, you're not alone in this, I'm with you. Um, They also bring laughs, they bring encouragement. And when you have those real relationships, you're not seeking that stuff online anymore Mm -hmm. because you know that the reality is there in that community, in face-to-face relationships, which again is what we're designed for. Yeah, so I'm going to speak. See, make sure I learned this in a therapy session once to speak back what I heard to make sure I heard it right. So I'm going <laughs> to try that therapist. with you. Okay. So what I heard is it's important in self-care for a mom or a parent to carve out enough space for themselves on a regular basis without feeling guilty and also to, to make sure that they have a close group of trustworthy friends or mentors that they can go to for encouragement and clarity. Is that what I heard you say? Absolutely correct. Yes. So there's two parts to self-care, two big parts. One is is for yourself, where you're really taking care of yourself and creating that space. And the other is making sure that you put yourself in environments that are healthy for you and that are not uh, actually making things worse. Hmm. Absolutely. Perfectly said. Okay. I wanted to make sure because Robert is going to quiz me later. He'll, he'll ask me questions about the <laughs> Am movie. I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for our listeners out there, you know, there is a, a tremendous amount of pressure Monday through Saturday to get everything on your list done, to get everything checked off, to make sure all these things are handled. And I think probably the biggest leap of faith for someone who's wanting to move from empty to full is to trust God with the space they need to create, right? Mm. That things will still get done. Right. Yeah. 
Like, it's hard to juggle. I mean, when you're juggling all kinds of things like that, and you know that there's only limited bandwidth, you know, it's it's challenging to to think you can fit one more thing in, and then if you do fit that self care piece in, what something is going to have to drop because there's not enough of you right. already. Yeah. And so, um, to to the listener out there that's feeling that way, um, what would you say to them? Well, learn how to say no. I know for me, I am a natural people pleaser. And so, and I'm a go-getter and I want to see good. And I always find these things that are good, but it doesn't mean a bunch of good is actually good and healthy. Hmm. And so learning to say no. And again, let's model this for our kids. They have to learn that not everything should be said yes to and followed after. Hmm. Uh, There should be some discernment. And so it is teaching yourself discernment, but it's also modeling discernment for your kids. So learning to say no and not feeling guilty because of that. Hmm. I think that's another hard piece. Guilt and shame. Satan is so good at telling us to go hard after something and then making us feel guilty and shameful afterwards. So eliminating guilt at part of that process and saying, I am actually healthier and a better parent and a better wife, better mom, you know, whatever it is um, when I say no. That's really good. Man, you know, I think we could all hear this every couple of weeks. Like it could be useful for every one of us mm-hmm. to remember to say no. Because there, she's right. There's, yeah. there's a hundred things you can say yes to that are good. That's exactly right. And you've got to realize that, I mean, this isn't obvious that's said all the time, but every yes is actually a no to something else. Mm. And so we have to remember that the more we take on, we're actually, in a sense, putting something away. And we need to we need to be careful about yeah. balancing that. I, I just one little testimonial. I have a friend who just made some decisions a couple of weeks ago to really scale back his business so he could have time for his wife and his kids. Mm. And and it meant making some really hard sacrifices. Um but at the end of the day, like he recognized in the middle of the pressure that he could not keep saying yes to things without saying no to the ones he cared about the most. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I applaud him for that. I'm not going to use his name for privacy, but I mean, if you're a parent and you are needing to make some changes and simplify your life a little bit, man, go for it. Like you're yeah. never going to regret making more space for God and your family. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, Paige, uh, thank you for joining us on Brilliantly Brave. I want to make sure that our listeners uh, have a way to find you. So how would they find you online? Well, I have a website. It's pageklingenpeel.com, and I'm guessing you're going to put the spelling of that last name up there. We will. I always joke I I married the man, not the name, but it's (laughs) pageklingenpeel.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, and you can find me by those same handles, pageklingenpeel. Awesome. Well, uh, we are grateful for your time and the love in which you perform your ministry. I mean, the heart of Christ is felt in your conversation, and it is so warm and accepting. Thank you for sharing uh, your time with us and our audience. We it's appreciate my pleasure. it. pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Paige. What our kids believe is going to define them for a lifetime. According to George Barna, by the age of 13, what a kid believes is what he'll die believing. 
For parents and for pastors, that's a frightening experience, especially if you've got an 11 or 12 year old. At the iShine Ministries headquarters, this became a huge priority in the last year. We partnered with the Tween Gospel Alliance to bring you a brand new resource known as the Shock and Awe Study Guide. And I'm here with one of the co-founders of this entire program, Robert Beeson. Can you tell us what is the Shock and Awe Study Guide? It is awesome. More than that? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) The Shock and Awe Study Guide is a super cool thing that either a parent can do with their kid or a youth pastor can do with their students or a children's pastor can do with their students. And here's the cool thing about it. It is apologetics for kids. Wow. So it's the really huge evidence and thoughts of apologetics wrapped in a way that is really tangible and simple for kids to understand, answering four primary questions. And they are, what if there's a God? What if the Bible is true? What if Jesus is who he said he was? And what if I'm part of that plan? And we believe if you can answer those four questions and you are drawn through evidence proving those four questions, that really it's gonna, it's gonna establish a pretty unshakable foundation of faith. That sounds very helpful, especially if you're a parent or pastor and you're concerned about the condition of your child's faith, what they believe, what the voices of culture are telling them. If that's you and you're interested, go to iShineLive.com and check out in our web store, the Shock and Awe Study Guide. It has a digital cloud video base, so it's four studies in a small paperback volume for $9, and it has four videos that go with four studies. It can be done in a weekend, it can be done over a month, or it can be done bi-monthly, however you need it. It is a fantastic resource that I have used as a pastor in my own home church, and I have been impressed. So, check it out. Check it out. So, Robert, that was uh, another just really encouraging reminder, right, from Paige. I I enjoyed that. Yeah, it is. I mean, because one of the things, even though she didn't come out and say it, is just someone with a degree in this giving us permission to go... You have to do this. You have to take time out. You can't give what you don't have. Mm-hmm. And so unless you take time to be deliberate about recharging, resetting, refilling, centering in that sense, um, we don't have as much to give our kids. And our kids are just getting the remnants of, of us being tattered by life, which, is, which happens to all of us. Yeah, I, I think your reminder about Jesus you know, pulling back. And as she said, Jesus rocked the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. You know, I, man, that's so hard to do. It was really hard to Especially do. Especially for parents who are involved in the church and ministry or volunteering. And know. I'll say, I think it's, it's hard to do for ourselves, but it's almost because of the outside voices that we hear in our heads. Like, you don't have a right to go and just take off time by yourself. Yeah, or you're being selfish. You're being selfish. Yeah. You've yeah. got all these things that you need to do. Your kids are here. You need to clean. You need to whatever. And for me, like, yeah. I do, but I'm not going to be good at any of that unless I take a half an hour here and just go sit in a lily pad (laughs) or something. One of the things I wanted to point out just for our listeners is that, you know, people of different personality types will recharge in different ways. So true. That's so true. So it's really important that understanding that your spouse or you may have completely different ways to pull back. That's a whole nother podcast. But yes, you're (laughs) exactly right. The way I recharge is very different than my wife. Yeah. So I think it's it's not only important to give yourself permission for self-care, but it's important f- to do it the way that recharges you right. and not the way someone else says to do it. Right. Uh, I know like going out into the yard and working for me, like actually, cl- you know, trimming bushes and, and mowing and stuff, that really resets me. Huh. Um, you should come to my house. 
my yard only works I on want my yard you to recharge at my yeah. house see that's that's an example <laughs> of manipulation folks um i have I, and my wife is exactly different like she goes to a bathtub with a book mm-hmm. you know like a couple of hours in the bathtub with a book and she's refreshed and mm-hmm. um she has to have isolation from from just interaction mm-hmm. um because of her I personality do I, yeah. I do too i i don't find i mean i I can reset, but cooking is one of those things to me that, that kind of resets my button a See, little bit. I can sense a deal brewing here. Like you could come to my house and cook and then I could go to your house and do it's a deal. lawn work. As long as after I cook, I can take a half an hour and be completely alone. Like the door oh, closed. Yeah. Like I just need For sure, quiet man. silence yeah. or whatever. Deal. Which means you don't talk to me. You don't look at me. I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> you have a big yard. It's probably going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> well, folks, I... You know, I think for our audience, there are people out there who are just trying to, you know, they're going through their mind. They listen to this podcast. They're like, you're right. I know I need to slow down. And, you know, where do I start? We gave you some simple ideas. My thought as a pastor speaking into this is just next week, pick an afternoon after work, block it on your calendar Mm -hmm. right now. Stop your car, pull up your calendar and block three hours Mm -hmm. of your day. You know, somewhere in the evening, afternoon, somewhere where you can actually block it. Tell your kids, I'm not available till you're like, do it. Right. Like, let's start with that. We don't expect things out of our cars that we shouldn't be doing ourselves. You can't expect your car to drive if it doesn't have gas. Right. That's just reality. So you shouldn't expect yourself to continue on if you don't refill. So if you look at it like, this is not optional. That's why God commanded it. Like, take right. a Sabbath. Be intentional, refill, whatever that means. It doesn't have to look the same. And then don't be embarrassed about it. Feel good about that. Feel you're actually doing it for others as well as for yourself. And at the very worst, if you're still struggling with this idea, now I'm going to give you the final sort of dispensation. So Robert Beeson, Pastor Brad, and Paige Klingenpeel all are saying to you, stop. Take a break. Time out. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us on this first episode of season four of Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We are very, very grateful that you tuned in and are listening to us. We would encourage you to share this with a friend or a family member that you think could be encouraged by this. We depend on you. Uh, We don't have much of a marketing budget. And so this is word of mouth. And if you're blessed by it, please be a blessing. Thanks. God, God bless. See you later. See you next week. Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week.
iShine is a faith-based ministry and media company that looks and feels a lot like a Christian version of Disney. iShine is more than entertainment. We're the producer of the largest Christian tween TV series in the world, a nationally syndicated radio show, a Nashville-based record label, host to multiple live tours and summer festivals, an interactive website and social media, and a provider of printed and digital devotionals, preteen Bibles, and church curriculums. But more than anything, we're a trusted Christian resource for parents and pastors. You can turn to us for all things tween. Check us out at iShineLive.com.